cliffcentral.com how will you get it if you are sitting on the car now? Is it at the corner? What is the grammatical correct way of saying it? On the corner. How will you get it if at, you are sitting at the corner? At the corner. Yeah. Um, upon Dumi Murake's request, we had to start the show with yes. a song by Omandoza, yes. and here, in fact, he's featuring Chisco Yes, where he first started. I guess. Yes, that's, that's how he, we met him. We knew him. That's how we met him. Yes, with, that's how he with his Chisco with all the other guys from Chisco Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, man, it's a sad time. We are bidding him farewell. Eh. Uh, he has crossed over. Hey, he has crossed over. He has ascended. He has, I don't know, they, they have all sorts of nice things yeah. that they say about someone. And he had already crossed over as a musician. Now he has crossed over in spiritual terms. Isn't, I mean, I can't remember the last time that uh, the passing of a musician, I mean, it almost felt like we all came together. Yeah. Which, you know, these days, it's very difficult for us as South Africans to come yes. together. Um, because, you know, we live most of our lives on social media, fighting each yes, other, yes, men versus women, yes. blacks versus whites, hey, man. straight versus... Non-color versus people of Wabona. some color. Poor versus rich. rich. And then every hey. now and again, we come together and we're hey. like, yeah, guys. Ne? Yeah. Heartbroken. Yeah. Can we greet the people? Because I think we just got into the middle oh, of okay. the issue. Oh, we, all right. we were very rude. How, we were not raised this way. Eh? Askies. We were, can we just correct this thing? Okay, let's do that. All right. With immediate effect. Thank you. <clears throat> Whereupon. Um, hello, everybody. Everybody whose voices we are touching. And welcome to Sipping Tea with myself, Tumi Morake. And Mabale Moloi. We are happy, happy to be with you today. Sad times, but you know, when people pass, we, we always try and celebrate their lives, not mourn their passing yes um yeah you you get to reflect on the good times yeah because let's face it uh mendoza's music uh reminds us of a lot of good times from yes. uh, from back in the yes. day for you yes. know for us some but. of us only began to taste good times at the time <laughs> that mendoza was 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 blowing up you know what i mean i mean galagata was released in the year 2000 which, yes. I, which I mean i just had a look at it now and i thought yes. yo was it the year 2000 my friend where were you in the year 2000 that was my first year at Wits university <laughs> That was my first time in the big city as a small town girl. Were you scared and nervous when you first arrived or did you go in there on some, I'm here, let's hey. get this thing started? Hey, when I, when I arrived, see, when I left, I was like, you know, which means I'm going to eat the joy of Johannesburg. <laughs> and then I arrived and Johannesburg was huge. And I remember just thinking, don't become a junkie. Don't become a prostitute. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> those were the things that no, you needed to keep reminding yourself like, yeah. of. I was like, stay on the right path. You're here for university. Don't F it up. Um, Isn't it amazing that when, <laughs> when small time people leave and they arrive in Joburg, yeah. there are these, these warnings that come with your assimilation into Johannesburg, yes. whether it's your parents warning yes. you or your older siblings. Yes. I mean, I remember my brother saying to me, because me also, when I got to Johannesburg and I got thrown into the deep end here, and I went straight to that 5FM Ey. and I was working with that Gareth Cliff. Hey, that one. And my brother said to Yo. me, 
Bonawen, if you start acting like you are more important than you are, I'm going to let you know and I'm going to slap it out of you. <laughs> you mustn't come to this town to lose yourself. Huh? You know, it's so weird because when I arrived, I, I went home almost every weekend. And it came a point where my mom sat me down and she's like, dude, I cannot afford for you to be coming back because I have to take a bus home. Yeah. If, she's like, no, 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 no. You this is costing there. us money. Yeah. Can you just sit? Yeah. <laughs> Can you Sit. just stay there for eight months and then mm. And then my mother introduced me to this hot ex of mine um, who, who, who then became a boyfriend, isn't it? And I almost feel as if my mother knew. I feel like that's how she knew I'll never come back and bother her. <laughs> just like, here's a cutie. Yeah. Go play. Go play. Go keep, go keep yourself <laughs> abused. Keep yourself abused. <laughs> with, with, your, with your brand new toy. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm telling you, in that relationship, I barely came home. Oh, I shame. <laughs> and what's your best Mendoza memory? What where were you 2000 when he dropped Makala Carter? Uh, the year 2000, I was in grade 11 because I matriculated in 2001. I get a class of 2001. I'm much older than you. Not that much. If you were first year, I was in grade 11. That's two years. That's not that much older. Oh no, did I just ruin something for you? Yes. Askisi. Yes, I, I matriculated in 2001. So 2000, I was in grade 11. And you know, I went to, I went to those typical schools in really? Bloemfontein where it's a boarding school and it's, you know, it's the black kids and then it's the white kids. Plaski <laughs> Blom. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I would, I remember because, you know, we used to have school socials, né? Uh. So, like on a Saturday, a Saturday night, we'd all convene at the school hall and, you know, um, we'd all get there with our dates. And because we were an all-girls school, like yeah. every time you saw a boy, it was like, Joe, Joe, men, well, boys. <laughs> and um, it, it was funny at these socials because it was clearly evident to when we get there, there's going to be a section, like there's going to be a moment during the social where, you know, you get to hit the dance floor because they are finally playing your music yes, as the black yes. kids. The, 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 the greater majority of the social will be occupied by the white music, right? Because <laughs> that's just the way it was. But then when Galagata came yes. on, bruh, yes. then it was like, oh, yes. we are all in this together. I have but been saying this. Mandoza is an unsung hero. Because this guy united a country on the dance floor, Baba. Yeah. You know, because it also used to be, we knew that they'd play a Brenda track so that all the white people can occupy the wall and watch the blacks dance. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know. Was that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, oh, and then there'd be the odd ones who joined in, but they're, they're doing impy dances. And you're like, but now you're offended. Yeah, and you're like, okay, you know what? Maybe just take a seat. Uh, uh, and this we'll handle this thing. You know? And then, hey. But then in Kalagata came, but yeah. and then we were all in, we were all in there. We were all we in there. Dangerous. Together. It got dangerous. And yeah. Some of our previously advantaged people, then then they really got into their music. And you know, when they dance, they really, with reckless abandon, and for emphasis on reckless. Hey. There's a reckless <laughs> abandon. <laughs> 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 go, yeah. beat. Yeah. go beat. No, go beat. No, go. Yeah. Go. Further <laughs> 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 away from me. But, um, yeah, you know what I love about him is is the hustle, man. When when I think of people like Mendoza, for me as an artist, I I just remember watching this hustle, man. Watching these guys from different cassies, um, just quite blowing up. Watching 
you know, mm, seeing mm. him because I mean, you know, remember how afterwards then he was working with Danny K, Ning Ning, he was in mm, number ten, mm, 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 and I was like, a hustle is a hustle is a hustle, Baba. Mm. You cannot be, you cannot be boxed anyway. You try anything once. If you fail, fail, fail spectacularly, but fail with the rest of us going. This guy literally just went out there, out there and did this. Mandoza put himself out there, and I appreciated that. You know what I mean? And also the longevity of it, because I think wasn't it in the nineties when Guaido really exploded as yeah, this like big yeah, new thing, yeah. and there were so many different Guaido artists, and yeah. you know, and he was there with Bochis Gopo, mm. and you know, he did his thing in the group, and then he he broke out into a solo career mm. and did that whole thing. Mm. But over the years and really over the decade, he was still there. He was yeah. still relevant. You know, he was still yeah. he was still releasing good music. When after a lot the of fact. people were just falling off. When a lot of people, you kind of forgot about them. Yeah. You know, especially when at some point Guaido was no longer the trend, mm. and then house music mm. was a thing, and now you now hip hop is the thing. Mm. But he was always that guy who was there. Mm. You know, he re- like he was still relevant. I think. And the fighting spirit as well. Yeah, man. Because yeah. for me, you know. Sometimes we fall into tabloids and we're reading these things. And what I loved about Mendoza was his constant coming back. Mm. He constantly came back. Yeah. He'll disappear. He'll be down. You hear rumors. He'll come back, drop an album. Yeah. Yeah. He's making verse with Nathaniel there. Did he make Voros with Nathaniel? You do, there was, he was definitely I, they, like they, everywhere. That one, when that one happened, I was like, <laughs> this guy. Was he like the poster? crossover guy like the, yeah he was the, a comeback kid he the was transformative <laughs> guy the guy that you know because for a while in this country you couldn't imagine you know uh maybe Denny K and this guy doing a thing together you'd be like huh what that's weird but then you know when he started doing those bridging performances yeah. if you will where you know crossed over and yeah. you know did different genres he convinced yeah. you oh, no this thing is possible yeah. and it's doable yeah, yeah. killed me <laughs> So people would be like, yeah, you see, he's kind of giving this white boy a chance. Now, now we know who this kid is. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my tennis, brah. You know, because it's weird. Uh, um, look, I'd never personally, well, I'd, I'd, I'd never personally met uh, Mendoza. Um, I've, he'd been there at a gig, but I didn't. Usually at gigs, I meet people, but this one I didn't get to meet. It's very weird. But, um, I just felt like I must just big up because, you know, some people, it's like when Whitney passed away, there's some people who are just part of your, your, the soundtrack of your memories, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when they go, it, it, you're touched. Not because of the general, oh, we are all touched. Let's all be touched together. But you're going, it's actually sad that this person has always somehow peppered my life. Okay, that is actually where it comes from because I did see because you know every every now and again you'll find people who say, "Mara guys, why do you guys feel so sad and depressed when these people pass as mm. if you knew them personally, mm. as if you knew Michael Jackson or mm. as if you knew Whitney Houston?" Mm. But what you're saying now makes sense, you know, if if the soundtrack of their music was uh prominent during an important time of mm. your life. Mm. You know, it's it's really the connection with that moment in your yes. life that was so special or yes. so pivotal that it takes you back to, and that is probably mm. where the sadness comes from. Yeah, because yeah. I mean that that clay that that clay that molded Morake. You know, you know, there's there's those soundtracks that were there when you were chiseling the abs, when you were chiseling the this this. You mm. know, mm. um, and and that's where my sadness usually comes from. I mean, because Mendoza moved with me from Mafikeng 
to Johannesburg. So it's that as well, you know, yeah. uh, that transition, man. Uh, but you must rest in peace, guys. You must rest in peace, man. Thing. So what, um, I mean, Dumimu Raike from her 20s versus Dumimu Raike now. Yes. Aunt Ish, you know, Woo! I know we don't hey. like, I know most of us don't like the idea of aging Ugh. or getting older, but it has its perks. No, it has its perks. It has bruh. its benefits. It does. It does. When it's... you are smarter and wiser and more mature, you just handle curveballs better. Yeah, the per- the perks are no longer in the boobs though. Oh no. Well, I mean, the physical perks, they, they really start to deteriorate yeah. very quickly. They, yeah. they're very few of them. Yeah. Not unless you get a little assessment through, you know, some, um, Surgery or whatnot, but uh, but um, yeah, confidence wise, I'd have to say, obviously, I'm you know, I'm I'm a lot more sure of myself now than I was back in my 20s. You know, back in your 20s, you were still looking for approval from people, please like me, please (laughs) like me. In my 20s, I was less apologetic. I think now I'm refinding that voice again. Oh, yeah? Ah, but then, and I think that's why I got to do so much, is that back then I was like, I, me, I'm, I'm just out to get things here. <laughs> me, I'm out to own me. I don't know what rules where, how, boundaries where, how. You know, I think that was the bravest time in my life. Right now it's a little easier because I've earned my stripes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I've often wondered, is there anything I'd want to bitch slap my 20-year-old self for? Is there anything you'd want to bitch slap your... Your early 20s self for. Okay, let me, give me a second. Let me think about it. Um, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say that it's going to be in relation to relationships that I had with boys or men. Mm. Because it's just so annoying and frustrating when you, you know, when I look at the, the woman that I am now and thinking back to how how desperate I used to be just to be accepted by a man. It yeah. was just like, come on, girl, slap us. Snap out of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's, he's really not the most important thing in the universe right nah. now. He's just not. So I, I guess I'd have to bitch slap myself for that in the sense that um, you know, just really really seeking approval from a guy, really wanting to be liked and accepted and, and, and um, look, I... Yeah, my confidence levels were at a at an all-time low. All-time low in my 20s, you know, to the point where I did, you know, had a had a play in people walking all over me because they would see her no So we can we can take advantage of her and I would okay that. So I would definitely bitch step myself for moments like that where yeah. I wasn't looking out for myself, you know, as I should have and just letting just letting people walk all over me in Jay. And that was that was purely because I just didn't have any confidence. I would bitch slap myself for quitting soccer, man. I used to play soccer when I was at, at Vits. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And I joined the Vits girls team. So why did you stop? Because um I just decided I I, I it was taking away my Jolas time because I had I had drama school, which took a lot of my 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 extra hours away, mm-hmm. and then you add soccer practice to that. Then what am I left with? The balance I'm left with is for studying and sleeping, but then there's a whole hot man who's ready to be <laughs> who attacked is, and okay. and enjoyed. And you yes, know? yes. And then, um, so what? I mean, is it what you you can't pick it up now? It's, it's too late. You can't start like a like a a club for for all the milfs. 
ne? where you all get together ne? on a Saturday and just play the soccer. You... No, the girls I know play netball, and I'm like, Ish, I, I'm not about the netball. I want the soccer ball. You want the um, yeah. But I, I I I play soccer vicariously through my firstborn, and he now wants me to teach him how to defend because I'm always dribbling him, and he loves it. He's so impressed. So I go and watch him on Saturdays when I'm home, uh. and he's always like, "Give me pointers, give me pointers," and he's very good. But I was like, "Okay, son, I'm gonna teach you a thing, Mama." Mustard when she was still playing soccer, Baba. Because nice. if there's one thing I'd mustard was only one thing remains behind the ball or the man. Never both. <laughs> <laughs> Never both. That's a, that's a, um, that's a good. <laughs> That that could be a very good life lesson that yeah. uh, you know that that applies all over. Yeah, yeah. So you were clearly good at the soccer thing, eh? I no, mean, me, isn't it? It's because <laughs> I grew up with boys. <laughs> isn't it? It's because I grew up with boys, right? Yeah. And oh, so no, I, I know played what they played. Yeah, I played what they played. Like you don't understand. The minute boobs started growing, I was that chick sweeping them down oh. so they don't grow and hurting myself in the process. And then when your boobs popped out, did the guys all of a sudden not want to hang around with you because they're like? Hey, yeah, now now you're making things now difficult for us. Like yeah. we can't, yeah. we can't treat you like one of the yeah. boys anymore. It's yeah. distracting. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't be the goalkeeper because now they're scared they'll hit me in the chest and it'll hurt. <laughs> and I was like, but guys, what song can here? Yeah, but I'd been playing soccer since I was like what six, seven. So I'd always played soccer with the boys, the guys in the streets. Um, when I like I, the guy, my dad, Mike, who my mom introduced me to when I first went to vets, was also a soccer player, and you know that used to be one of our couples things, <laughs> kicking the ball around, you know, having a good time. What do you mean your couples thing? Yeah, like we, I get when we were spending time together, like sometimes go down to the field, throw the ball about. Oh, Mike, it, it was of, your man. How to play with soccer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, man. sorry, I got so confused. Used to throw ball. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I became quite good at it. And then, I don't know, life happened and then I got fat. Speaking of getting fat, you know, I've gained weight now. That's another thing. I want to bitch slap my 20-something-year-old because that body was nice. Eesh. That body was nice. That body had no issues. Yet I had such issues with that body. Do it, you know how much I hated my body? And then I look at the pictures. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? That is so true. You know, we were so unkind to Dude, our bodies back then. I was voluptuous. Girl. And your body bounced back quickly. Yeah. And you didn't have this thing called cellulite. Hey. And there were no stretch marks. Hey, when, nah. And it was tight in all the right places. No, but I was edible. Eh? I was edible. <laughs> I was edible. And I had the right kind of appetite for this edibility. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I missed that bar. Oh. I missed that bar. And then now, what happens? I have babies and I go, oh my God. And there I was bitching about that body. Yeah. Which yeah. I now oh, wish I had. We now you miss. And when? No, I did because I've gained weight. I'm very pissed off. So it's my. I'm very upset that I've gained weight, and I blame you. It's you okay, it's fine if you. It's it's okay if you blame me. Me, I'm going to own up uh, to whatever responsibility yeah. that uh, you want to put me. Yeah. Uh, that you want me no, to associate with about your problems and uh, how he, he you're putting on <laughs> then in solidarity my body was like but we can't leave my palais alone <laughs> let's try I'm, I'm actually looking forward to going back to gym so because usually when i try to get back into a training program it's always so much there's always so much dread like oh i'm, <laughs> look, I'm dreading four o'clock in the afternoon yeah. because ah this and i'm gonna hurt and then tomorrow it's gonna be painful yeah. But now this time around, I've decided, you know what? Screw that. Mm. Change your attitude. Mm. So now I'm like, yeah, yes, queen. Can't wait for four o'clock this Through afternoon. That bar. Can't wait to scream and shout and cry and, yeah. you know, drop expletives and yeah. do that whole thing. Hey, cool. hey my bali. Mm. Do you not miss how you could hold your booze in your twenties? Oh, <gasps> that, Bona. 
like I look at how much I drank then and how much I drink now, and and you know back then, that that when I started drinking beer, it was because I was at varsity with my older sister. Was it Black Label? No, it was Hansa. Hansa. It was Hansa, and I remember. So my sister and I we used to stay in a flat together. And the so every time my dad would, you know, obviously your parents, when they deposit money, you take it and you do bad things with the money. Like it's never for books. <laughs> it's never for books or registration fees. that's what, what? are for. <laughs> yeah. So the one day I walk in and she's sitting there with, you know, I think she was sitting with two two other guys, like her guy friends, because she was older than me and she'd been at the institution yes. for like years before me. So I get that and I'm like, mm. And then she says, yeah, have it, like, try it. So then I, I took a sip and I said, no, it tastes like shit. And she says to me, don't taste the beer, drink the beer. <laughs> and that was how I started drinking beer. And my whole varsity, I was just, yeah, I do miss the way that I could handle my alcohol. Hansa. Hey, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm still on Hansa. No, I, that's, that's, that is, that is man beer, bro. That's man beer. It, it, well, isn't all beer man beer? No, dude, black label is sweet. It was student beer. It was cheap. Hansa. Hansa pills. My, um, that's the beer you Cordo. buy your uncle when you're at home. When you go home to Taban, you go home, you, your uncle gives you ten ranta and a koto and empty bottle. That that's, is your uncle's beer. You are drinking that is uncle levels of beer. That is the beer because then on holidays, my sister and I would go home for holidays during oh varsity, ne? And then we God. get home, and then obviously my mom and dad are away at work the whole oh day. But then we God. had the domestic worker and the helper. <laughs> oh my God. The, our helper basically she had raised us, right? <laughs> and now at this point we are in varsity, so we're all grown. And my helper was, I mean, love her to death, but she was the laziest woman under the sun. <laughs> so on school holidays, my sister and I would wake up and we'd be like, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to help you clean this house because the sooner we get this house cleaned, the sooner we can go get beers and then we can all sit and chill and drink. With, with her. With, with her. With her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I hope your mother's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I hope she isn't. I hope she isn't because <laughs> I'm coming to your house for Christmas, dude. That is what that is what my sister and I used to do. Now I'm getting flashbacks of, oh to my, my to my twenties. Yeah, and that's what we would do. So we would help her clean the house quickly uh, because you know if there's three of us doing it, the job can get done quicker. And then the rest of the afternoon we can spend chilling and drinking. And then when my parents would get home from work, yes. we would then drive her back to her house. No, we would walk her back to her house because we didn't have cars back then. <laughs> Good time. I am so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank but you. You know what I did very well in my 20s was drink hard, party hard, yeah. and work damn hard. Because that's the time I got kicked out of vets and I still refused to go back home. And so I started doing really odd jobs like being that freaking dinosaur at the malls mm. and clowning and... It started selling insurance appointments to these guys, like doing a lot of telemarketing. And that's the one thing I'm very proud of about my 20s is that it, it made me understand, you know, entitlement and earning a good time, you know, 
Because those, those weekends where I hadn't earned it, like if I knew that, ah, but this week I didn't get to do a gig selling news, uh, toilet paper at shop, at shop, right? Because sometimes I do stuff like that, activations, where I'm trying to convince someone that a two-ply feels nice on their bum than hey. a three-ply, hey. or this two-ply feels better on their bum than the other two-ply, but you know your bum doesn't know the difference. No, it doesn't. So now I have but... to f- employ other creative ways <laughs> of convincing people to buy this toilet paper. I mean, that, that, that level, guys. Well, you know when people go, hey, I'm Humility, you're humble. Guys, I'm not humble. I have tasted what it is like to do menial work. That mm. work that you know what I mean? Like I know these things. I've swept the floors of saloons. So it's not a, it's not a case of being humble. It's a case of you not wanting to go back to a certain point. Yeah, but also knowing that things you you know what? If you're able to swallow your pride and do some of the things I've had to do, my friend, there's nothing you can't do and you're not above anything. You know what I mean? But um yeah man I I was focused cuz um um in my 20s early 20s is also when I got kicked out of vets um for not having money uh, which we've spoken about before You know, um, and... we, we, we we must get into this whole Fees must fall mm. debacle Because I really want to get your, your opinion mm. on it But but carry on, yeah. we'll, we'll do that after the so, song So that's when I got kicked out And again, it was that thing Guys, I, I mean, I'm not the most unattractive girl in the world I had older men coming at me From all angles, you know mm. And I could easily have gone Yeah, but this is an older man He's very clearly married He clearly has money This can be my guy who can get me through this But I had so much pride, man. And I I just felt like if I can drink a beer and know I bought myself that beer, Gishab, because I know I don't owe anybody anything. So are you saying that there were were opportunities that presented themselves where where you could have had somebody financing? All the time. Johannesburg is full of beer belly pushing vultures. There are some uncles who are just sitting with funny money and are just looking for a young innocent who just needs something of a financial thing so they can get some meeting and entertain. What do you think the difference is between somebody like you who opted not to uh, fall for that, if you will, versus, you know, another girl who says, yeah, 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 sure. Like pay for my, pay for the semester of mine. Like let's work out a transaction. What what was the difference between you and, and somebody else who says, okay, for sure, do we it. Don't, we don't have the same priorities. Me and my cooch, we are BFFs. <laughs> and my cooch is like, hey, you don't just go shoving things anywhere. You know, house. you don't just. I, me and my boy. Yeah, we must, uh, we must be in, a, in agreement. Yeah, with this we whole must thing. be in agreement yeah. about this thing. I don't know. I want to be able to show off about how I did something. And now imagine today I've made it and there are young girls who are going, it's hey, me, Meraki. I want to be lucky. How did you get here? And I go, well, his name was Ndatema uh, Vuso. <laughs> no, guys. That's awkward. No. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it's a Tuesday morning. So you know what it's about. It's all about the madness uh, with, uh, with a balance of, you know, a little bit of a sense and responsibility yes. because yes. isn't it we are capable of doing both yes. um i'm Mabali i'm Miraki. and you are sipping tea with us on cliffcentral.com choice sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't auto trader gives you the choice now you can shop compare and buy new cars watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy auto trader new car the choice is yours. All right then, sipping tea with myself, Mabali Moloe, and Timmy Meraki. Yeah.
So you mentioned that uh, when uh, you had to leave it because you weren't able to uh, afford paying your fees. Very can... much so, yeah. And, you know, um, it's it's hard to ignore the... Um, the conversation, the debate that is happening currently at universities where I can remember Minister Bladen Zimande yesterday came out and he said, look, um, fees have to increase, but institutions mustn't raise the increase by more than 8%. And now today, students have been protesting. They're threatening to shut down institutions. Why? They want, because they want uh, free education. That's bullshit, guys. We want quality education, not free education. So this is this is my this is the question for me. This is the thing. Is so if something is free, then it can't be good quality. Is mm. is that what we're saying? I'm saying. Uh, let me speak about VIT specifically. It's a it's a university that competes amazingly internationally, and the minute we start saying everyone must come in there for free, then we must consider what we are compromising because at the end of the day, it's a business. You it know? is a it's business. Like, yeah, because I own a school. I'm saying this because I own a school, I run a school, and I, I, I understand. Heaven. We had mistress. No, you're not the headmistress. You, <laughs> hey, no. you, you own the, you own own the, the damn thing. I own the damn thing. <laughs> I don't even... I like. <laughs> yeah. I am never going to mess with three you campuses. ever again. Yeah. Where? In Johannesburg, in Weinberg, and in Pretoria. What's it called? It's called Summit. Helang, how does one own a school? Like, how do I decide what I want to own a school tomorrow? Uh, what we, do you do? What we, process do you go through? We, we started out as a matric rewrite program mm. and it did well. And then we just grew it. And so we have what you would call a private school, mm. but it's, 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 um, downtown. It's, it's one of those urban schools. Uh, so it's an alternative basically for parents who live, you know, in the city center. So that's why you find them in places like Winebag and downtown Joburg and in the in the middle of Pretoria okay. Central. And yeah, so we've got from primary school to high school, we grew slowly, slowly. First we just had matric, then we had grade eleven to matric, then we had grade ten to matric. And then we decided let's just have a high school. So then we had high school. How long did the growth take? It took a while. We lost a lot of money. I think only in fact, only last year we broke even. Um but what helped carry the business is that we also um we we do accreditations, you know. Uh, my father in law is a chartered accountant. Mm. So yeah, we 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 tender to municipalities and stuff. We we're busy. Man. So we're training. We also do corporate training as well. No, less habits. I know. People, you are not messing around. See, people think we are here to play. No. And people think when I say hashtag Baraka Musadi, I'm playing. They do think. I'm, they, I'm they, not they, playing they, here. they think, oh, that's something that maybe sounded yeah. nice to her and it's got yeah. a power positive spin yeah. on it and maybe she's taken it and made it her own yeah. and it's like her thing. Yeah. No, you are serious about this no, thing. No, we're serious about this thing. And and last year we actually managed a 100% metric pass rate. Okay. And so we got a subsidy. Um, cause they subsidize, you know, government subsidizes you if you're able to get a hundred percent. Yeah. Metric. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we did that. So that's, that's my side thing. Anyway. So the point I'm making is mm. I understand the importance of these things cost money to run mm. and these are universities, man. I mean, 
Universities are expensive the world over. I'm yet to see a university in the world that is that is just anyone can just come in and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That that runs well and that is a great reputation. I mean that's also why you have the distinction between Ivy League institutions yes. and the yes. rest is and because the rest. Yeah. these things cost money. They cost money. Um so I I I really I don't know. I need, I need us, I need, uh, it's, it's such a tricky thing. For me, fees must fall is, is more along the lines of those who can't, those who can't afford and uh, around a real support system for people like that. Because when I went into VIDS, they gave me a 50% bursary, even though my mother was a single parent on a nurse's salary, mm. who they said in theory should be able to support, to support me in school. Not counting books, not counting um, accommodation and the fact that I must eat and the fees themselves, right? And them giving you that 50% bursary was an attempt to try and help, right? Yes. So it was an attempt at a solution yes. to try and improve but, your but situation. Even even though it didn't work, but even those bursary people themselves have problems. They need to go and sit by with themselves and go. This is where we're seriously fucking up, because there were a lot of people who would lose bursaries, but you wouldn't find out why exactly. Um, there were people who qualified for bursaries and then weren't getting them, and you're like, but they've ticked all the boxes. You know what I mean? Because I remember at some point I worked in that office, because um, you know you have to work off your bursary to pay it back. Yeah. So I'd work in the in the bursary office and we'd work with applications, and sometimes I honestly felt like, but this is doesn't work you know what i mean like it could do with a change yes to run it yes. better so, so i think this so thing is I... just beyond fees falling it's yeah. about let me tell you okay let me tell you where my problem is when i went to go and study drama the first thing i was told is how expensive this thing is right mm. and i was like yes i acknowledge that i get it and they're like no if you can't afford it you can't don't do it because you're not gonna have time to have a, a um, to have a part-time job to try and pay it off don't think you're gonna have that kind of time mm. you know and i thought wow so this degree is left to the privileged because then you must come from a privileged background in order to do this degree so that you can focus completely on your study and do nothing else to supplement the money that you need to do the course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I feel like it's just not, it, it, it doesn't consider that. It doesn't consider the people who are not privileged. Who are not privileged, you know? Mm. Um, I think this Fees Must Fall thing really needs, you know how we had Codessa? We need some kind of body like that that's going to sit, that's made up of student body, that's made up of government, that's made up of the people who, have, who are stakeholders in these institutions, and they need to find a way going forward. I don't have a solution. I don't even have an idea. But I just feel like if they sat and they went, right, here's what the, the real problem is. Let's work on this. What interests me is how the the view has changed since the initial movement started. Because mm. the initial movement started Govets, I guess. Mm. And it was, um, I remember when those students marched to uh, Lutuli House, mm. that, that, that they marched to Lutuli mm. House and they, you know, they asked to see um, the Minister of Higher Education. And, you know, I remember back in those days, this is now what, last year, late last year, mm. I think that the movement first started. And initially, there was a lot of support for the students from, you know, us as mm. members of society. Mm. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people, for example, I look at my um, some of my peers and, you know, some of my family members who are now in their 40s mm. and they have children, you know, and they were looking at these kids thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, it's this is good that these kids are doing this because, you know, one day I'm going to have to suddenly worry about fees. Mm. And so for them to, to push this agenda is an important thing. Mm. And for the most part, they had a lot of support, but it seems to me that over the year or over the year, 
the you know the rest of us have kind of turned around and we're like Mara, these, these demands that you are making, that can, don't make sense. can we be yeah. realistic about the demands that you yeah. are making? And can we stop destroying? And can we stop destroying? Because this protest, everything? by the way, didn't start with Fizma's fall. When I was at Vits, and this was 2000, 2001, 2002, before I left and then went back to finish my degree in 2010, um, there were little protests and I took part in a couple mm. where the fight was actually with Berzas. And that's why, once again, I say, for those who actually can't even afford to be there, this fight has been going on for a long time. It was just not televised, you know? Yeah, we, yeah, We, we yeah. used to go and do sit, uh, sit in hey. and um, and boycotting classes and, you know, meeting there in Senate House and concourse, all of us just toy-toying there. So these things have been building up. It's one of those things where it was quietly building, quietly building, and this time they couldn't nip it in the bud and it blew up. You so you as a parent today with three children who you know you're going to have to take to a tertiary institution one day, are you sitting there like constantly thinking, okay, so this money needs to go to the education? Financial planning. Yeah, that's what Financial you need to do. Financial planning. You know, when, when people say now we've arrived and it's, it's freedom, freedom means you must also learn to emancipate yourself financially. I have planned for my kids. When I buy myself anything nice, just tell yourself it's because Morake knows she's just put away a huge chunk for her children. But what do you say to those people who say, but to me, Morake, you are earning far, like much more money than my parents, so you are privileged. I can show them documentation that shows them I was, I was earning, I was saving money when my mother was unemployed, ill, and not earning anything, and all I had was enough to pay 600 rand for rent and to have about, I think I used to spend like 350 on food and support my sister. I didn't have much money. I've been saving since then. Mm. So people think it's easier said than done, and that's BS. The, I, I had to learn the hard way what it's like to pick between what I need and what I want. I did not have a single clothing account. The first time I had a clothing account, I'm sure I, I had it for six months and then I stopped. I was like, this thing's a bloody trap. It is a and trap. I can't keep buying Why are you spending afford. money that you don't like, have? Yes. I was like, if I don't have the money now, I don't need that skirt yeah. now. And then I would leave it at that. So people need to plan for their children. Like before you start wanting to show off to everybody, let me buy myself a BM. You go and you go like I, I, on principle. And it's still that way with my husband and I. Of the money that we make every month, only 35% is our money to do whatever we want with. 65% of our money before we spend it on anything else. I'm not even counting groceries. It's gone. It's, it's, that it's money accounted is gone. for. It's accounted for. It's gone to the kids' school fees. Like, as a rule, we pay our children's school fees a year in advance. Mm. As a rule. Mm. If we if 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 by June I see that I don't have that at least uh, that fee sitting in my account, that's a tough year month for me or the, a tough couple of months. I don't go out. I don't eat out. You know what I mean? I will mm. pack a lunchbox coming mm. to Cliff Central because I know that I'm not spending little money because people do not realize the little things that build up those takeaways, that constant airtime, that. Driving to places you don't need to drive to and then now you have to fill up your car. It's little things. Those constantly going and making withdrawals at the ATM and then the bank charges add up and then mm. you're confused as to why you don't have money mm. in your account. Mm. Like mm. I've had to sit and count pennies. And you know what? Black people like to be embarrassed about counting pennies. You need to stop being embarrassed about count counting pennies and literally go, this is how I'm going to save money. Because this is how much money I have. You need to you need to see yes. the amount of money that you yes. have being reflected and they're scared to compare in, prices. In, in the 
numbers in front yeah. of you. There was I'm, a lady who was like, but to me, you have money. Why are you comparing prices? I'm like, uh, well, because why must I be 15 rand for something and pay 10 rand for? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. No, my friend. Even like now, you know, I know there are places where celebrities do their hair and they're paying 2,000 rand or whatever. Unless, of course, you're sponsored, then it's free. <laughs> I, so I go to people who are my people and mm. I'm like, but Chum, you know, I'm not paying you. Yeah, come now. Because <clears throat> why? Do it. I mean, come on. Yeah. Why, why, why must you? Why must you flush the money down the toilet? Thank you. It's the issue. Thank you. No, I mean, it remains to be seen exactly how all of this is going to, you know, to be resolved. And I see, you know, Vitz, again, number one trending topic. Mm. So, um, you know, you know, people also, I suppose, they're also upset at the way that the, the students are being handled by the mm. police force. Mm. Um, you know, and then other people say, yeah, but I mean, if you're, if you're destroying property, then what, what, what must we do? Then you're breaking you? the law because now what? you're not, yeah, now you're, you're defacing property. It's not your so you should get into shit um it's sad man it's sad but i think some of the anger comes from you know what people need to remember guys can we remember the history of this country which is very recent can we remember that these are things that were kept from us we were told we were not good enough to earn these things this poison has seeped also into our children so sometimes what you have to also remember is feast must fall also comes from a thing of screw you. You are not shutting me out of this again, mm, out of the system. You are not shutting me out of the system again. You are not withholding this thing that I also have a right to from me. Mm. So it's, I think things are infused with all, all of that history as well. And we need to bear that in mind, you know, because that's then the, the lines get blurred, you know. I find that a lot of the time, um, most of us uh, are less interested in hearing each other and it's more about me trying to get my point across to you, mm. to me, because I think that what you're saying mm. and your stance is completely wrong. Mm. And therefore, my mission is to try and convince you where you are wrong mm. so that you can see where I'm right. Mm. And in that kind of situation, I don't imagine that any of us are actually listening to each other, listening yeah. to the other person's perspective mm. or whatever is motivating their stance on something. Mm. But yeah, we remain to see how this Because I'm curious, if these out. kids don't pay for their fees, who's going to pay for those lecturers? I mean, who's going to pay for the extra stuff that your tutors, who's going to pay for who's going to pay to to who's keeping that that property the way it is yeah Ooh. to 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 keep the actual the institution standard. running yeah 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 and please don't say government because then you're asking for oh wow uh, please then you're asking no then, now no you just no no trouble. now now you're just they they uh, don't give them more reasons to fuck up like Gosh, they don't put them under any more pressure I mean, than they need i don't know they say <laughs> They say, Hori, you get what you deserve. You, you get the, you get the government that you deserve. Yeah, you get the, the yeah, man or woman that you yeah, deserve. You treat, yeah. teach people how to treat you. I'm just like, how did we end up deserving this government though? How, what did we do wrong as a people that we are here where we are currently with this? You know what I think? Mabale, can we please our next, next podcast? I think now we're going to work on it. My oh. next podcast is going to be about. The five love languages of South Africa. You know, there's the five love languages. So we're going to find what is South Africa's love language. What is the love language that we are not using for this country that will take this country forward? So we are going to research the five love languages. And what then, are the five love languages? Eh? What is there's, what is the history behind the five? There's there's an amazing guy who has saved many a marriage and many a relationship. Is there a book? There's a book. Okay. And he talks about the five love languages because you know a lot of times in relationships and in marriages you'll hear someone say, "My problem is what's about Mutona." And now that the the in love phase has passed on, they will say this person doesn't love me anymore. And you'll find that that person does love you, and as far as they're concerned. 
concerned. They're showing you they love you, yeah. but you're not seeing it because they're not speaking your, your love language. language. Okay. So you have to relearn each other's love languages. In fact, my husband and I are um are listening are listening to it together. Ah. Um and yeah, because every relationship needs help. You know, one of the, 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 what do you call it? The preface of the book, in fact, that I enjoyed is when this guy said, no matter how good your marriage is or how, what a bad space it's in, um, it can always benefit from, from these five love languages. I'm going to tell you what the five love languages are. Maybe we should have a whole show about the, so wait, we're going to have first, we're going to do the five love languages <laughs> okay, okay. as a whole show. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then no, we're going to we do the five love languages of South Africa. Of South Africa. And then, Test them and then see which one is the one that will fulfill South Africa. Because eh? okay. maybe the problem is we, we uh, each government we're getting is not speaking the right love language. They are definitely not speaking the right love language of the to nation. me as a the citizen. Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not feeling the love, government. <laughs> so I'm the not five, feeling the love. These are the five love languages. Ne? First one is physical touch. The second one, words of affirmation. The third one is quality time. The uh, fourth one, acts of service. And the fifth one, receiving gifts. So some people speak different love languages. Like, you know, if you have that guy who is always showering you, showering with, you with stuff and you're like, stop bribing me, king. Hey, yeah. Why can't you just love me? But that's the love language he, he knows. speaks. He doesn't know yours. So you have to teach him yours. Because okay. maybe all you want from him is constant cuddles. You want him to hold your hand yeah. in public. Yeah. You want him to nibble you, kiss you, hey, whatever. Hey. And he doesn't do that. But he thinks, but I'm showing you love because I'm always making sure you have what you want. Yeah. And every time I see you looking at something lovingly, I buy, I it, buy for it for you, you. Because I love you. Oh my gosh. This would solve so many headaches in relationships. Mm. But now we're going to use Ooh. this theory. We're going to try and solve our problem with our government as a nation. Should we do that? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Now we need to be hugging men. Okay. Um, have you been hugging any men? Do you have any men that need hugging that you can think of? Mm. <laughs> Just, you know, I've just been preoccupied. Um, uh, by what? To think about uh, which oh. men to hug. Today we're going to hug those men who, much like my husband, go, mm. I'm actually not going to be scared of what are called self-help books. And I'm actually going to do this thing with my woman. Oh. So I hug every man out there. Oh, man. Who steps out of his comfort, his zone, comfort zone to find baby. Obey and yeah, yeah, yeah man. Extra something. I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy No, thank you, Mabali Milai. And uh, thank you for listening in on Sipping Tea. Uh, we're back with you next week, Tuesday, or else catch the podcast and every other podcast right here on cliffcentral.com. Sipping Tea. We're out. Cliffcentral.com.